0: All right, so a few weeks ago, I was reading an article. Uh, Someone actually sent it to me, uh, or gave it to me. Uh, It's an article from The Inquirer, and you can find it online if you're interested. Well, I guess you can, not because I don't remember the title. Uh, (laughs) Never mind, you can't find it. So in response, though, this article uh, the writer was writing in response to the current sex abuse scandals in the Catholic Church and uh, and also using a Gallup poll concerning church attendance, the writer shares that there's this importance of being in a church community for spiritual growth. So he begins with this indictment of the Catholic Church and, and indictment of church attendance in general. But then he addresses some facts and some insights about church attendance that I found really interesting. Uh, from 1972 to ni- till 2016, 1972 to 2016, regular church attendees have dropped from 8.5 percent across the nation to less than three percent. So, those of you who are here today, what was once considered mainstream is now extreme that I grew up, and Sundays, when I grew up, Sundays were, uh, things were closed on Sundays, all right, I remember you couldn't go, you couldn't go to the store, like, like, grocery stores were open because there was necessary items, but if you, you couldn't just go to the mall, like, right, they had things called blue laws, right, anyone remember that, anyone remember those, what's that, in Bergen County, they still have them, really, I didn't know that, wow, it's interesting. So so those of us who attend church are really, you're almost, you're an outlier. You're part of an extreme sport in a sense, right? 2017, more than, but get this, in 2017, more than 27% of Americans labeled themselves as spiritual, but not religious, 3% attend, 27% would label themselves spiritual but not religious. And when asked why they're not part of a faith community, they said that there's hypocrisy among church leaders. And they say that they themselves are living more Christian lives than those who are leading churches. So they're spiritual, but they're looking for alternatives to church. And then the writer went in and talked about the different alternatives. For some people, they feel they find they can be spiritual uh, in nature, or they can be a spiritual by hanging out with their friends, and different, different things like that. So, but then he goes in to talk about the cost of being spiritual but not religious. And he said there's two things that happens to people who are spiritual but not religious and are not part of a faith community. He says that they are lonely. And they are unhappy. That nearly half half of all Americans feel lonely. And then that there is a positive correlation between religiosity, and then he says, as measured by attendance or at religious services, and they're happy. So, in other words, people that go to church are happier. So, I read that first half of the article, and I'll be honest, it was depressing. All right? I'm a pastor of a church, and it's all I've ever done. It's the only thing I know how to do. I felt like the manager of the last blockbusters. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm trying to sell videotapes in a Netflix world, right? I was really depressed. I was like, are you kidding me? This is, what, this is, this is where it's headed. Like, you know, I'm, a, I'm on the ship that's, that's sinking in a sense, right? That's how I was feeling. But it got better. So I'm going to tell you the rest of the article and the exciting part about that. But yesterday we were at the Mount Laurel Fall Festival ahead as I was meeting and greeting with people. It says that at Mount Laurel Fall Festival they average about 20,000 people in attendance. Now it was a beautiful sunny day. It was just really nice out. The back of my neck demonstrates how sunny it was because I am really kind of raw right now and and feeling that sunburn. But uh, it was just a great day. There were people there, strollers, kids with strollers kids in strollers, there were people with dogs, there was just, everybody's there, right, it just was was a huge day, it was a great event for Hope, right, our band played, as I mentioned, Uh, we met people, uh, uh, you know, all those things I mentioned, you know, it's really exciting, but based on those numbers, here's what I could get through my head, is that for every 100 people I saw at the fall festival yesterday, only three have regular church attendance, And about 27 of those people have spiritual beliefs and don't know where to talk about, address, or work through. So, for every 100 people I saw at the festival, 24 are living alone with their spiritual beliefs. One quarter are living alone with their spiritual beliefs. Of those 100 people, half are lonely. Of those 100 people, half are unhappy. and they have no place to address their loneliness or their unhappiness. So if there were 20,000 people at the fall festival, there are 4,800 people whose spiritual beliefs, who have spiritual belief, but do not believe the church is the place to explore those beliefs. And they all walked past our tent, and they all heard our band, and they all got some dim sum, because that's what I got for lunch. And so that's why these events and these things that we do are so important, because there are people who are searching alone, and what if we could share with them that hope is a meaningful place where you can search and not be alone? As a matter of fact, we met uh, uh, one older woman who came up to our booth, and she got talking with us, and she was asking us different questions, and she said to one of our volunteers who was there, she said, I don't believe in Jesus. That was kind of her reason why she shouldn't come. And the person behind the booth who was there with her said so naturally, just like a hope person would say, that's okay, you're still welcome to join us. And she went, you would still have me come? And we went, yes, we would. And then she didn't know what to do. (laughs) And then she went, I'm not giving you my name. (laughs) It's so incredibly challenging in today's times, in our world that we live in, but that's exactly the response that we need to have as a community of faith. So then the writer, though, makes a turn in the article, and that's why I share the rest of the article with you. He said this. He said, Houses of worship can be a place for building faith, a system of values, and a sense of community. It's where members learn to care for one another. He goes on to say that faith and values need to be shared and discussed with others. He goes on to say again that communal worship points to both our shortcomings. Isn't that so true? And also, authentic worship should be a place of joy. It sustains our values and are focused, and is focused outward. And I, was, I wrote right on the page, this is what I believe we do and what I believe we do really well. We, uh, we're a place to build faith. Whatever, wherever you are in your journey, we want you to take the next step, wherever it is that you're at. We care for each other that we don't do this alone. That in small groups, we believe that we can share and discuss values and beliefs and even have differing opinions on those things as we seek to discover where it is we are and where it is we believe God wants us to go. And that our worship, I hope, is fun and welcoming and engaging. So I found that very encouraging that we just need, I believe that we just need to get people to give hope a try. And we believe that Just that will be enough. It's what I shared months ago that I say we're selling pizza to people that don't eat pizza. But we believe that if they just tried our pizza, it would be the best pizza they've ever had. Amen? So he ends the article with this question. He says this, do we want to wrestle alone, it's up on the screen, do we want to wrestle alone with the meaning of life, the notion of a supreme being, and our value as human beings, or within a community of others, equally hypocritical? I love that. Let's all agree, we're equally hypocritical. Asking the same big questions, a place where all are welcomed, loved, and forgiven. So our current series, uh, we've been talking about uh, uh, living inside and out, the ins and outs of us, and, the, and a few weeks ago I we talked about that we want hope to be a place where we, still, uh, w- where we are all moving toward who Jesus is making us to be, inside and outside, and that people are here and there are people who are not here yet, and that, that's why we talk about this inside and outside faith, that we as a community want to conform to the image of Jesus Christ for the sake of others, that that's something that is our core business, that that's the reason all the things that we do is about us conforming as individuals, as a community, to the image of Jesus Christ for the sake of others. And last week, we talked about that the church is designed to be dispersed like gas molecules, that we gather together on Sundays and then we disperse and are out into our worlds. And while we're there, we are meeting with, getting close to, and building relationships, and that we uh, that we believe uh, uh, our goal is for everyone to have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, and so we gather together, and then we disperse like gas molecules. So uh, this is the last week in the series, and uh, I'm gonna—it's up on the screen. Uh, we're gonna continue reading from Acts. I'm reading a little f- verses further down from where Lonnie read. It's Acts chapter four, verse thirty-two, and uh, let's just read this, and um, then we'll talk about a few things. So all the believers were united in heart. And mind, and they felt that what they owned was not their own, so they shared everything they had. The apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's great blessing was upon them all. There were no needy people among them, because those who owned land or houses would sell them and bring the money to the apostles to give. To those in need now there 's a lot of people that talk about these early church and i 've said this before that we talk about it as this 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 beautiful experience, and it is of this community working together and sharing and having this incredible passion now, part of that was these disciples were convinced that Jesus was coming back. And coming back soon. As a matter of fact, if you look in Acts chapter the last chapter of Matthew and even Acts chapter one, it says that as Jesus went up into heaven, that the disciples stood there and watched, and they kept watching. And so every time I see a helium balloon and several at the fall festival <laughs> took off, when I see a helium balloon go off and it just gets further and further and further in a distance, I can't stop. This, is, this happens when you're a pastor. I think about Bible verses, is whenever that balloon is floating off, I imagine that's what those disciples must have been just sitting there going, look, you can still see him. (laughs) Look how small he's getting. And then once they couldn't see him, they just waited. And he said he's coming back. Any minute now. If you read it, it even says that an angel came and says, why are you guys staring up at the sky? And then they're all like, I wasn't looking, you were looking, right? Can you just imagine that? Because they were convinced it was happening soon, like real soon. They were convinced that they weren't going to die, that they were going to go up to heaven with Jesus. That's That's how literal they took what Jesus said. So they gather together and they start sharing that experience with other people and they all begin to think, you know what, I don't need all these trappings of life. What good is land ownership when we're going to go to heaven? Why do I need this stuff? I don't need it. So they began just giving it away. This incredible sense of generosity took place. Now, I don't want us to do that. I didn't suggest that when we began to campus that all of you should sell your homes and move to Mount Laurel. I didn't suggest that. Although there are churches that do that kind of thing, and boy, that's a level of commitment, right? But... There are some things about generosity and there's things about unity that I want to talk about that are referenced in these verses. This is first, all the believers were united in heart and mind. This doesn't mean that they agreed all the time. They were living real life, which means that I'm sure that the community went sideways at times. I'm sure there are times when they did not get along with each other where there were members who were in dispute. Just like any time you get a group of people together. However, in spite of their disagreements, they, it didn't interfere with their quest. It didn't interfere with their mission. Or as I mentioned the first week, it didn't interfere with their communitas. If you're married and you have kids, you kind of have an idea of what this idea of communitas is. I've talked about this a couple times. Communitas is is this idea that you're not just a community, but that, 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 that the community isn't just gather for you. It's that you are part of the community. That you are together on a mission and a common experience. That's the idea of communitas. That together we're going somewhere. Together we're working and I am giving to the community so that the community can move forward. Forward. And so uh family or or uh, mari- married couples kind of have this experience of communitas, right? You're in it, then you want your kids to be part of, you know, for us, my last name is Court, and so we live in the courthouse. That's why I always talk about that. And and so we have courthouse values, and we have courthouse things that are important to us, right? And so it's team court, right? And that's, a, that's, we're the original small group, right? Mom and I started it, and now the kids are part of it, and they're in this small group, and now we're hoping that those kids are going to launch off someday, right? And it's just going to be mom and I again, you know? So right now, my son is out, and the girls, uh, there's four of us now with With my son uh, out and so they have coined the team because he comes in and out and so they've coined the phrase core four they like when he's not home they go oh it's just the core four for dinner he doesn't know that he's not here so I can say that (laughs) it's the core four but in family isn't there disagreements it doesn't mean you stop being community you're still on mission together so we're on this mission as a community here. We're on this mission to conform to the image of Jesus Christ for the sake of others. And our quest is, currently is Mount Laurel in Voorhees. And this common experience is as we grow together, we experience this love of Jesus that is unique, that is powerful, that makes a difference. And then uh, the writer goes on and says this, and they felt that what they owned was not their own, so they shared everything they owned. They shared everything. Now again, this is not just about financial resources, although that's certainly part of what it means to be a disciple as well. But I want to talk about three ways that we can share everything. We can be generous with our relationships. Here's my challenge for you. Before you enter the building, whether it's here next week or beginning at the community center on October 7th, that when you get into the parking lot, before you get out of the car, offer up a quick prayer to God and say, God, I want to be used to bless someone else this morning. See, because it changes our perspective when it doesn't become churches about me. See, I've been in churches where it's been, well, I just don't like the music, or I just don't like the preaching. It wasn't when I was preaching, someone else was preaching. Uh, I, just don't, I just don't like what they're doing right? Well, that's all about you, right? But what if you went into it? What can I do to bless somebody else this morning? What would it look like for you to show up and then say, you know what? I'm going to seek and offer a warm welcome to every person I see. So let's make it our responsibility to create a place filled with joy. So come here on Sundays without you in mind. That's living generously. I'm here to be a blessing to others. That's one way we can share everything. Another way is to be generous with our time. Don't rush out of here. Busy is the 21st century theme. And social media has given us the illusion that we can be here and there at the same time. That we can be here and also check our news feeds and be there. That we can see what someone has posted there because I'm here, but I want to be here and there at the same time. And it just creates a sense of busy that we're constantly, constantly doing something. Our brains are functioning at at, at a distracting level. I'm going to give you a few ideas later about ways that you can be generous with your time. But when we do that, we are together and we're sharing everything together. And then the third one is to be generous with our thoughts. Give grace generously. Give grace generously generously. My wife shares this. She read it in a book, and I can't remember the name of it. You can ask her afterward. Choose to give generous assumptions. Choose to give generous assumptions. The Apostle Paul wrote this. Uh, He was writing to a group of people who were living in a community similar to what we're doing. Uh, They were were part of a church, and he said this to them. He said, make allowance for each other's faults. Make allowance for for each other's faults. Another translation says it this way, put up with one another. That sounds a little harsh, doesn't it? Right? Yeah, so, so the writer, he was writing to this church and he says, here's my advice to each other. Uh, put, up with, put up with each other. It's a little harsh, right? I prefer, I prefer um, make allowance for each other. It's more than just tolerating each other. That's not what he's suggesting. He's suggesting this, that my life is better when I assume that people are doing their best. My life is better when I assume that people are doing their best. That's what generous assumption is, that we can give grace to someone. So when someone causes me to be sideways, I need to generously assume that they meant their best. That they were trying their hardest. And I may still be offended, but it changes my focus. See, in community, I need you to do those things for me. And you need me to do those things for you. That's how we share everything. So the story in Acts doesn't end there. It goes on and it's uh, up on the screen. It says the apostles were performing many miraculous signs and wonders among the people and all the believers were meeting regularly at the temple in the area known as Solomon's Colonnade. But no one else dared to join them, even though all the people had high regard for them. Yet more and more people believed and were brought to the Lord, crowds of both men and women. And as a result of the apostles' work, sick people were brought out into the street on beds and mats so that Peter's shadow might fall across some of them as he went by. Like They, they were convinced that there were so many great things happening that if Peter just walked past somebody and his shadow went over them, that it would cause healing. Verse 16 says, crowds came from the villages around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those possessed by evil spirits, and they were all healed. And so this movement continues to be inside to outside and ongoing. Notice the influence this, this group had on the community around them. They were performing miraculous signs and wonders. In other words, they were doing things to improve their community. They met regularly in public areas in town. And they people had high regard for them, so high that they said, "You know what? We need to bring people to them." And so they were bringing sick people, and crowds were gathering, and healing was taking place, all because inside. That they were going to allow God and, and through Jesus to do a work inside their lives, and then inside their community, and then it propelled them outside to make a difference. And it continued through Acts. That In Acts chapter 6, the very next chapter, the church serves again. As a matter of fact, the church served in such a way then that it became a hallmark of who the church was and is today. They, they elected leaders to just be responsible for serving the community. And then it goes on and on. Chapters 2 through 7 continue this inside-outside, inside-outside look. And then it goes all the way to a climax in chapter 8, verse 1. It's up on the screen. A great wave of persecution began that day, sweeping over the church in Jerusalem. And all the believers except the apostles were scattered through the regions of Judea, religious leaders of the day. And so the church begins to be persecuted. And the church, when it's persecuted, doesn't decide to hide. Instead, they decide to be dispersed like gas molecules but before they were living in community and dispersing into their towns. But now they go from being dispersed out of their towns and being dispersed across the world. And we get to be part of that movement. We are part of that great tradition because as God works on the inside of your heart and life and on the inside of this community, conforming us to the image of Jesus Christ for the sake of others, we are propelled. We are forced out. We are sent out as gas molecules outside acting in life and in location in our homes, in our workplaces, in our towns, and even around the world. Man, that is good stuff. So today is donut day. It doesn't get any better than that, right? Today is donut day. We have Krispy Kreme donuts, all right? They're going to be out in the lobby. Here's what we want you to do. We don't want you to run out. Right away, we want you to stay around, okay? Just, just for a few minutes, all right? Your kids are going to be fine. Don't tell the kids, people, I said that, but they're fine, all right? They can stay back there for a little bit longer. They'll be great, all right? Here's what, here's why, all right? We want you to be further connected here in this place, all right? Uh, There's different ways that we can do that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna share with you what they are. The first one, hold on. The first one is to join a Sunday team. Now, get this. This is not because we need your help, all right? We set all this, stu- we, have, we have four teams that work once a month setting all this stuff up, and, and, and they do it swimmingly. They should get here at 8.30-ish, I say ish, because some are prompt at 8.30, some are ish, all right? And, uh, and by 9.30 or less, today it was 9.20-ish, ish am I right? 9.20, all right? We set all this stuff up, all right? Do all that stuff. We have teams to do that. We don't need your help. What we need is that this is a great way for you to meet people. Because while you're snapping those little buttons onto that screen or putting up pipe and drape or moving things around, you'll be doing it with somebody else and you'll get to know some people and you'll be a part of communitas. And you'll know that I am doing this because there are men and women who are going to show up at 1030 for worship. And every piece of drape and every button that is snapped and every, th- every stage piece that's put together is, is, is almost prayed over. And sometimes it is prayed over because it doesn't go in the way it's supposed to go. <laughs> And it becomes a it becomes a way for us to be on mission together. So stop at the table uh, out in the lobby. Stop out there. Scott will be out there. He's in charge of uh, organizing our setup teams. He'll be out there, and you, you can see him. Uh, Kelly, Willenda is it will be out there as well. Kelly is uh, is here for our hospitality teams because you can be a part of the folks that hand out bulletins and 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 greet people and 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 give directions and what's that and donuts. Yeah, okay, and donuts. All right. Uh, uh, Lonnie will be out there as well. Lonnie was up here singing, and she'd love for you to be part of a tech team and, lear, you know, learn how to do lights and, and and all those kinds of things that we do back there. Uh, you can also stop down the hallway. If you have to get your kids, please stop down the hallway. Uh, but if you don't have kids, stop down the hallway. Talk to the kids staff about volunteering as well, because uh, there are folks down there. I stop down there every day. There's so much encouraging, fun stuff going on on Sundays. Every Sunday, I stop down there just to uh, hear the stories of what's, what they're doing so it's great stuff all right so that's one way join a sunday team another way is to sign up for habitat saturday uh habitat uh uh, habitat for humanity uh if you know build homes and uh they are building uh several homes in burlington county that uh and i'm not sure which one we're going to be working at but we're going to be part of a home build on uh there's two saturdays uh saturday this saturday coming up september 29th and also a Saturday, November 17th. You can sign up at meethope.org forward slash habitat. You go there, it's just a little simple form you fill out, you get an email back, and then there's a habitat form. You have to give permission that if you fall off a roof or something, you'll go to the hospital, you know, stuff like that, all right? Uh, so love for you to be a part of that. There's a limited, I think we only take 10 people, So, uh, and a few people sign up already, but please sign up uh, if you want to be a part of that. And if for some reason the sign up is closed, just let me know and we'll... We'll see what we can do to get you, get you there anyway. All right, so that's, that's another way because that is us moving from inside to outside. Great, great ministry. All right, third way, sign up for the Taste of Mount Laurel. Uh, We just found out the Taste of Mount Laurel is October 4th, and it's not at this school. It's typically been at this school. It's going to be at the Hartford School. And the Taste of Mount Laurel is a Mount Laurel township event. They have about 20 or 30 different restaurants that all show up in the cafeteria. They set up booths, and they give away free food. And so you know what that means, restaurants, free food, Hundreds of people show up. Hundreds and hundreds of people show up. So early on, we asked them, how can we help? We don't cook, but how could we help? And now uh, Little Township says they need people to pass out water. And so we're going to be passing out water bottles to, uh, to all the folks that visit. All right, you can sign up for that. It's a simple uh, simple serve opportunity. Go to meethope.org forward slash taste. I come up with these short links. <laughs> they great? Taste. Okay, right. right, you sign up for that one. Uh, a third one, fourth one. And this is the last one. Oh, I still have two minutes. Invite someone to join you on October seventh in our new space. October seventh, we're gonna be in this new space. Carpeting, cushion chairs, one screen in the middle. Uh, they actually has crown molding. Like, I'm like, are you kidding me? We're gonna be spoiled with crown molding. Like, here's why that's so important it's possible that half the people you see in a day at work, at school, in the grocery store, half the people you see in a day, if the article's information is correct, are lonely and are struggling with their own happiness. And the vast majority, 75 out of 100, do not think church is a place for community. And it should not be taboo for us to talk about our faith. It's as simple as this. A church in a cafeteria. The guy was preaching. He was kind of funny. (laughs) He was more funny looking than funny. But there's a sense of community that I felt. Would you like to go with me on October 7th? We have Christian chairs now. See, what would it look like for you to share your experience of faith-building and value-sharing and saying that you found a community? See, there are people with spiritual beliefs trying to live out these beliefs on their own. They don't have a place to wrestle these things. They don't have a place to talk about the meaning of life or the idea that there's a loving God or that, that, uh, what it means to have value as a human being. They do not have a community of others. And But we can share generously. We can share inside and outside. And we can be a place that is all about welcoming and loving and forgiving. So let me pray for us, and then we'll, uh, we're going to have donut day. So let's pray together. Here, why don't you stand with me for, for our prayer. And so, God, I thank you for the men and women in this room, and I thank you, God, for those who are not here with us this morning who are part of this community. And God, I pray that together as God works on the inside of our hearts and on the inside of our lives. That God, through Jesus, as you work on this community, as we grow together, conforming each other into the image of Jesus Christ. God, that we would be propelled out. That we would be propelled out towards outside action that we would act in life and that we would act in every location, whether it be our homes, our workplaces, our, our neighborhoods, even God the world. God, that we would know that you are working in our lives always so that we can be a blessing to others for the sake of others. God, we thank you for that we can be part of this rich tradition of inside and outside movement. God, that there's this revolutionary sense to what it means. That, that God, you are working inside our lives, always changing us, always growing us. And, God, that we are called to go out into a world to create and change and build the kingdom of God here on planet Earth. And so, God, we thank you for that. And, God, I pray that that would be an inspiration to us. God, that there would be a challenge to us. And now, God, I thank you for donuts. I thank you, God, for uh, the community that we can experience together. And I pray that, that the men and women in this room would feel a, 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 a conviction to be further connected. That they'd be part of a team. That they would be part of a, a way to serve. That, God, that they would find a way to, uh, to invest in this community. That together we would be on mission to serve our broken world so God, I gotta thank you for all these things, and we pray them in Jesus' name, Amen, Amen. You guys have a great day. Eat up.